travel, it's one of life's greatest pleasures. When we journey abroad, we discover new places and meet fascinating people, but we also gain perspective and take on a wider view of the world around us. That was Trevor Ranges, and I'm Scott Coates. After more than 25 years living and working in Asia, we've developed an amazing network of interesting characters throughout the region. Talk Travel Asia is our way of sharing them with you. Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. Welcome to Talk Travel Asia, episode 32. This one is Biking in Bangkok. And together in Bangkok are Scott and Trevor. How are you doing, Trevor? Good. I believe this is the first episode we've ever recorded together in Bangkok, yeah? Yeah, because we've recorded The Secret Is Out. We recorded another one that airs after this, and we said that's the first one. Yeah. But actually, you're listening to the real first one. So all those other suckers hearing episode 33, actually, yeah. that's not the first they one. They don't know. They should have been here for episode 32, and we talked to Greg Jorgensen about biking in Bangkok. Yeah, right. So cycling is uh, gaining a lot of global popularity over the last few years and Bangkok's certainly no exception. It's a city famous for its teeming traffic, exotic temples, and while it's super tricky to get around, especially at first, it's a magnificent place to get out for a ride. And today we're going to explore what the city has to offer atop two wheels, things to keep in mind when heading out, and what you should consider if you want to make a bike ride a part of your trip here, huh? Yeah, and uh, you know, our guest today, Greg Jorgensen, we've both known for, you know, 13 or so years. Too long. And uh, and and I know that he's always been into biking, and I like to use bicycles to explore cities that uh, I'm going to research for travel guides and stuff. But the, the first time I ever rode a bike in Bangkok uh, was just last year when I bought a bike. Bicycle uh, to to take with me to Cambodia when I was thinking of moving there. Um, so now I, I occasionally ride in the city just because I have this bike and my girlfriend has a bike as well. So we cruise uh, some of the back streets uh, from our place to to K Village where they have a nice farmers market on the weekends. But for the most part, like I, I think it's crazy and dangerous and uh, <laughs> you know like it, there there's these huge curbs because uh, it rains a lot, so you get caught out in the rain. And uh, while I don't think Bangkok drivers are the craziest they're certainly they're not friendly to pedestrians so uh you know i'm curious to to hear finally uh in depth insider information from greg about the best way to to do it because uh, yeah. yeah yeah i'm pretty close to this one too greg and i do similar writing but a little different i used to live in the eastern suburbs and from when i moved here in 99 uh, i just started riding around there was actually some dirt roads out where the way I, I lived and, and canals and basically there's sidewalks above these canals and you can easily out in that end of the city, I was piecing together 30 kilometer plus rides with, you know, basically no traffic, dirt tracks, little mm. canals. And I remember when I first moved here, man, in the end of 1999, I met this Dutch guy named Kovan Kessel. And I believe he might've been the first guy to start these bike trips that go slowly through little tiny back alleys and along canals and stuff and today there's more than a dozen of these kind of companies doing it so it's great i mean if you ride here on one of these trips you're going to have very small alleys and seeing people vending in them and living in them you're going to cross a river or a canal and it's been really cool to see uh see biking grow but before we get any further quick mention sponsor today is bally sharks what is bally sharks uh, I met a guy from Hawaii down in Bali a couple of years ago who runs a program called Bali Sharks. 
they're our sponsor today. Bali Sharks is this great organization that uh, works with local fishermen who accidentally catch baby sharks in their fishing nets. Uh, they bring the baby sharks to Paul at Bali Sharks. Uh, he has a floating net enclosed nursery in the water uh, um, near Sonora Beach, I guess, kind of. And, uh, you know, you can go out there as a guest, uh, it's donation based, but you know, it's, it's definitely recommended to, you know, give them some money. You can, uh, jump in the water, uh, and snorkel with these baby sharks inside yeah. the, the net. You can feed them with a, a, a fishing pole, uh, with just a chunk of a fish tied on the end of it. Hmm. Uh, it's really neat. So, uh, Bali sharks is one of the coolest things to do when you get down to Bali. Um, but let's get back here to Bangkok. Yeah, I mean, before we bring in Greg, I mean, if you walk out of your hotel, the cities are cra or the roads are crazy busy. There's traffic everywhere. But at the same time, if you know where to go, I mean, you literally turn and go 50 meters, and it's super quiet down a little passageway. Um, this is a is a, a wild place where the back alleys hold the real life brother of the city. Um, there's actually a place called Ban Kachau, which is just across mm. the Chao Phraya River. And it was decreed years ago that no building could be taller than a, a coconut tree. So you go through there and it's just lush coconuts and you're literally kind of like right in the city. Yeah, see, these are some of the places I'd like to, to explore if I were on a bike. Because, you know, I spent a lot of time in the city city, and, and that's where I think biking would be crazy. But, you know, the back alleys, all these little clongs, you know, the canals. Um, one of the cool things about Bangkok is that it's not all big high-rises in these crazy traffic-y roads. There's some really cool back alleys there as well. Um, there's the SkyTrain and the MRT subway, and... and it's another crazy thing. You can bring your bike up the escalator and yeah, take yeah, it on yeah. the SkyTrain. So yeah. uh, even some of these uh, kind of trendier bike riders who are cruising around the city and, and like fixed gear bikes, yeah, um, which I think is insane to ride in the city yeah. again. Silly idea. Um, or you know, there's some bike clubs that are like cruising around at night, and uh, at night there's a lot less traffic. It's, it's yeah. a lot cooler. Um, I think that would be fun, and if you're with a big group. Uh, I guess you're much less likely to get run down. Yeah, a quick one. Uh, if for some reason you end up with your own bike and you're coming here, you can take your bike on the SkyTrain system. There is an escalator on each side of the road or each side of the platform. Uh, you can take the bike up. It is a busy system. So taking it on, I did it a few weeks ago, is it's not really convenient. You're a bit of a jerk for bringing your bike on, but you can do it. You cannot take it on the airport link. You cannot take it on to the underground train either. So, Trevor, why don't you bring in our guest? Greg Jorgensen, longtime resident uh, and very good friend of ours. We've, we've both known Greg for 12 or 13 years. Yeah. Um, over the last decade has become a go-to source of information about biking um, as far as I'm concerned because I don't actually do a lot of biking as yep. we're about to discover but mm. uh, when I do need to know what's up with the biking scene uh, Greg seems to know um, he's really pioneered using Google Maps um, and having a iPhone affixed to his bike to explore and uh, has developed uh, some pretty good rides himself uh, how are you doing today Greg guys uh, thanks for having me on I'm doing really good I would hesitate to use the word pioneering though um, keeping in mind, there's a lot of people doing bike rides before I started, but, um, wait, you didn't bring the first bicycle to Bangkok. What? <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if I did or not, but you are right though. So for some reason, I, I've just sort of done it so many, so much over the past decade or so. Um, and I've, I've sort of pushed people into trying it and doing it and taking up the hobby that I often get calls from people asking 
you know, hey, I hear you're the guy to talk to when I need to find out bike stuff. And I mm. guess I'm somewhat of an expert, although I hesitate to use the term. Yeah. Well, a good little thing to throw out there as well is that you, uh, I believe, were just uh, interviewed for the next Lonely Planet a bit about biking too. And your website, Greg to Differ, is in the current Lonely Planet as kind of a, a source of uh, you know, information on Bangkok and Thailand. So whether you like it or not, darn it, Greg, we are classifying you as an expert and the man that brought the first bicycle to Thailand. Yes, wow. here, here. I have been accused of far worse. <laughs> well, let's start where we start with most guests, and that is, uh, did you first start riding in Bangkok? And I'm sorry, I'll also say, where are you originally from and how did you end up here? Uh, well, I'm from uh, Canada, uh, Calgary, Canada, actually, and I came over here in 2001. On a, on a quick vacation, and I'm still here. Uh, there's a lot to tell there, but I'm not going to get into that. But um, I got into bike riding, I guess, about probably about eight or nine years ago uh, when I was working as a freelance journalist, and I had a lot of time. So, you know, because of journalism, when you're working freelance, you can make up your schedule pretty much as you go. And um, I decided that I needed to get some exercise, and I've always liked bike riding, but never really gotten into it. So I figured it was a good time to try, and why not Bangkok? So, uh, yeah, I went out with my buddy, John, and we bought a bike. And uh, I remember my first ride home, I, I rode from Soy Saracen, which is by Lumpini Park, to my apartment at the time, which was in Chinatown. And when mm. I got home, I was shaking, and I could barely believe I made it, and I was so scared. But <laughs> Really? That's yeah. not far? Were, were you scared you were going to get lost or, or that no, I was, you were going to run over? It was, it was about six, seven kilometers, but um, I'd never ridden in the traffic before, and I, I didn't know where I was going. This was far before smartphones and GPS, so I kind of knew the direction. I was going um, but I mean you know when you don't walk or take bicycles or something or drive yourself in Bangkok you get in a taxi you tell them where you want to go and you put your head down or you go to sleep you know so I didn't really know the routes or the back soys or anything like that I guess when you're new to town and you don't know your way around and actually it's funny um, living in Bangkok right we rely on taxis so much and, and motorbikes and and sometimes it's hard to, to know which way is which that you're allowed to, to ride uh, yeah. in a car let alone on a bike which is the safest route right exactly exactly but uh, thankfully I got a little bit sort of uh, more confident as I went along and now uh, riding in Bangkok is I dare say enjoyable so you started by just randomly you know, getting from A to B or getting from your, your place in Chinatown up to, to Lumpini Park. And, and honestly, I don't know that I would <laughs> brave that on a, <laughs> as a new person in town. So kudos to, to you for, for getting started. Um, how did it evolve then? Like, did you just actually start wanting to do it for fun? Or did you still just use it just to, you know, to get some exercise? A little bit of both, actually. Um, the, the, the thing about riding in Bangkok, when people hear those words, riding a bike in Bangkok, they often think of flying down the biggest roads in the city, like Sukhumvit or Ramaphore, which is totally not or shouldn't be the, the, the aim. The aim should be, for me anyway, uh, which makes it so much more fun, is to explore and to plan a route, um, taking all of the back streets and alleys and tiny little pathways that just vein Bangkok everywhere. Um, so for me, it's sort of half exercise and half exploration. And the way I, the way I started putting trips together was, okay, I, I, I want to go here and right now I'm here. So how do I get there with the least amount of traffic and seeing the most amount of interesting things along the way? And, um, this was, I get like, again, I said, like I said, it was all before smartphones. So I, at the beginning I didn't have that help. And so I got lost a lot. And Bangkok is one of those cities where you can get easily turned around. 
Um, but a lot of times that ended up making the trip even more more enjoyable and and more rich because I went I wound up in neighborhoods and and temples and things like that that I didn't even know existed. So that was really fun. But uh, now it's all about plotting a route and uh, following it and maybe making up a few little tweaks and and, and change ups as you go. I'm kind of. You know, how's it evolved over the years? I, I know a bit of this story because I've been lucky enough to ride with you a few times. But in the first few years, you know, pre-having a smartphone with Google Maps and these tools, how were you figuring out kind of where you think you wanted to go and, and then plotting your way as you went in the early days? And what we do is we just, I mean, back then there was Google Maps, but it was on your desktop. And and I said, oh, well, if I went, if I went west from here... And kind of zigzag northwest, then I'll eventually wind up on this road. And um, I remember going out on a ride with a guy a, a long time ago, and he had he had printed out <laughs> on eight by four, eight by eight and a half by eleven sheets of paper the entire route. So it was like a scroll. So we were like a couple of biblical guys walking around with this <laughs> massive scroll, and we'd unfurl it every couple of kilometers. Like, are we going the right way? So it was very much trial and error at the beginning. And like I said, that was really fun for a while because you ended up in places that you had no idea you were going to. But I got to say, after a while, you can only go down so many dead end roads and see so many, you know, road closed for construction or get chased off by some rabid dogs. You know, that can only happen so many times before you're like, oh, we got to find like, you know, a route that we know is going to work. So then now fast forward to, let's say, the last three years or so. Tell us a bit about how you're plotting, planning, how do you then follow that plan and the kit that you have hooked up to your bike. Personally, for me, what I do is is I just get onto Google Google Earth, uh, Google Maps, and uh, I say, okay, I'm starting here and I'm going here. So there's A and B. And then I just sort of refine it, uh, slowly refine it. I'm like, okay, well, I go in and I can edit the track um, that I draw on the map. And okay. I switch back and forth from the map view to the satellite view because on the satellite view, view uh, sometimes you can see the cement pathways and clongs and canals that sometimes, oh, okay. uh, you know, zigzag in and out of each other. You can see bridges and things like that that might not be on the on the map view. So you switch back and forth between that and you just go along the, the track you've drawn and refine it and drag it to follow roads and things like that. Oh, okay, I can see if I go down here that I can cross this bridge and that hooks up to this road down here. So, oh, there's a field there. Well, I could probably go around the, you know, pick up my bike and walk across a field or something like that. So you just sort of slowly refine it. And then um, I uh, save that map and then I sync it to a little app I have on my, on my iPhone. And I clip my iPhone onto my handlebars. And uh, as I'm going, I just sort of follow the blue dot. Uh, turn, my, turn my phone on and I have a battery on, the, like a battery pack on the bike as well because... You know, um, keeping your phone on for the entire trip is uh, sometimes drains the battery. So what's the app you're using? Um, I use several different ones. I use Cycle Meter uh, for myself. Uh, for a lot of my friends use an app called Map My Ride. Um, there's another app called, oh man, I can't remember what it's called now. Um, Strava, that's what it is. It's called Strava. And um, there's a couple of other little mapping things that I'll use depending on what type of stuff I'm doing, whether I want to record the route or whether I'm just reading it or... Or things like See, that. this this is really interesting for me. I think like uh, 
I, I didn't really consider. I mean, when I do like my travel writing stuff, uh, I, my iPad is 3G, and like using Maps, uh, Google Maps is indispensable when you're exploring different areas. So I guess like even as a video visitor, let's think about like like visitors come over here. Like suppose they can maybe they brought a bike, right? Mm. Um, now because of their smartphones, like they have the ability to explore cities in the, in the same way that uh, that you do. You know, let's assume they have the same kit and the same like setup, like some good bikes, and and they're, they're decent bike. Um, what are some of the things in Bangkok that they can expect uh, that they might not expect from like you know having a, a good route already set up? If they're riding bikes in Bangkok. Yeah. What are some things like some tips that are Bangkok specific that you should be aware of? Specific tips, I would say the first one is that no ride in any city will ever be safe. Um, you know, uh, people say, "Oh, is riding in Bangkok safe?" I'm like, "No, it's not safe. Neither is crossing the street. Neither is." You know, neither is eating a chocolate bar, but, you know, <laughs> um, you just have to really be aware of how traffic works. And obviously in Thailand, the, you know, we drive on the right side of the road, right? No, the left side of the road. Oh, the left side. <laughs> As you see, I don't drive a car that much. <laughs> so we drive on the left side. So, you know, instead of, instead of looking right when you cross the road, you have to look left to be aware of things like that. Um, and, and, and it's just the, the little things, like if you're riding a bicycle on a street and you see a bus stopped in the middle of the road, that means that people are probably going to get off. In Canada, that doesn't happen, but in Thailand, you know, if the buses can't get over all the way, they just stop in the middle of the road and people get off the bus. Um, you know, if you see a taxi in the left-hand lane that's going a bit slow, it's probably going to stop at some point when someone waves a taxi down. Um, the turn signals, you know, like people don't, uh, people often use a turn signal to indicate that they're going to go around someone and they don't like frequently use them to, to indicate that they're going to turn. Um, I just think in general that the driving behaviors of Thai people are, are different than maybe a lot of American or, or Canadian people. Like, I, I think people are like, oh, the traffic in Bangkok is crazy. Um, there's a lot of cars, so there is traffic, but I don't necessarily know that the people drive crazy. To some degree, they're assertive, right? Because they want to get in front of other people. Mm. Um, and, and they're not really keen on pedestrians, in my opinion. So I don't know if they're ever going to give a bike the right of, the right of way. But um, it's not, I think, it's not as chaotic, maybe. Is it, I think? Uh, yeah, you have a, you, you're right, you're right. I mean, the one thing that I say about Bangkok drivers is that they're very fluid and... They're already on the lookout for motorcycle taxis driving up mm, in between yeah. cars and people pushing random fruit carts and, and, and yeah. food carts and stuff. Um, you know, there's every once in a while you'll see some random, you know, guy in a in a pair of flip-flops and some ratty old shorts and no shirt riding an old Mary Poppins bike the wrong way down the side of a highway, you know. <laughs> Things like that yeah, that, that, <laughs> that people are like, that, that would just cause chaos back in Canada. Yeah. are things that are that every driver here has to sort of always be on the lookout for. So if you're a, a, a bicyclist wearing visible bright clothing with the proper uh, lighting and, and, you know, making hand signals and things like that, um, I, I think that's a, a very minor thing for them to, to sort of have to deal with. Right. Okay. Now, I've been riding here for a long time and I've been out with you. It's a little tough question, but, you know, you get on your bike, what are you seeing what are you doing what like i'm trying to let visitors know what they can expect to see if they were to come riding here on some of these smaller ways like what is it you're you're seeing i really like just the the the, the amazing way that ties have of, of just making things fit together like um there's there's one great route where we go down along charon charon road 
um, next to the river where there's the old customs house, which is now a fire department. And, you know, we, we were exploring down there one day and we were thinking like, oh, there's, there's, we're never going to get around this. There's a huge wall going up. And then we went around the back and someone had smashed a hole through the wall because they didn't want to walk all the way around to the other side. So, you know, there's your shortcut. Um, there's been many times where we've been riding through and, and we turn a corner and there's five or six people sitting on a, on the ground, on a blanket, having a, a meal or drinking some whiskey. And they're like, hey, Farang, Farang, you know, saying foreigners are here, foreigners. And we've had uh, snacks and they've shared a glass of whiskey with us. Not too many because obviously you have to get on with the ride. But you meet people. And um, uh, just recently I, I found a, a, a temple that I didn't know anything about before. And I went in and it turns out it's a very important temple with a very revered Buddha statue inside. So there's, there's always something new to discover. And uh, I went out on a ride a couple of weeks ago with some friends. Uh, it's about a 70-kilometer ride from, from central Bangkok out west to an area called Putamanton. And um, I, I've done the ride dozens and dozens of times. And uh, we found a brand-new canal with a, with a beautiful pathway along it. It went on for about seven kilometers. So, you know, it's just a matter of, of sort of going off the beaten track and then going off the beaten track a bit more. And uh, you'll find another off the beaten track. Yeah. And I mean, I know from having gone, you're talking really small alleyways with people living their little houses in them. And when you mentioned going along a canal, like that amounts to a sidewalk at sidewalk width, but usually a couple meters above water. And that's where I want to throw one more at you. Like what role does water play on these rides? Oh, good question, Scott. Um, it's, uh, it, it plays a barrier, <laughs> the role of a barrier as it always has. Um, there's a great picture of me that I have somewhere and I'm, uh, my, my buddy Jan and I were out for a ride and we were, we, we were going down this canal pathway and it was getting narrower and narrower. And eventually we noticed that someone had made a sort of a makeshift bridge across the canal to a temple out of like gnarly tree branches and stuff all tied together with these thin pieces of rope. So, and it, it was probably, probably five or six inches wide. So I had to carry my bike in one hand walk across this bridge holding myself steady with the other one you know or you know it was eight feet above this disgusting clong water that was below me so um you always have to take into account that sooner or later you're going to have to cross it and if there's no bridge then um maybe someone's made one or maybe you're just going to have to <laughs> figure yeah. out a way to get around it and you're using boats sometimes to to get across little pieces of water and to get up and down them right sometimes yeah sometimes not a lot Another great ride I do is from central Bangkok. We go north. There's an island in the middle of the Chao Phraya River north of Bangkok called Kok Gret. Mm. And um, it's a really great route that I've made up there. The only problem is that it's really hard to make a different route back. So unless you want to repeat the same route in reverse, it's kind of a boring ride to go up and back along the same way. So what we do sometimes wow. is is have uh, have a long-tail boat meet us up there. Um so, I was going to say, why don't you just take the river back? That seems like a, a better plan. Yeah, and for this particular ride, it works out great. So we ride up there, and we have lunch, and then we throw all our bikes on this boat, buy some beer, and then... Um, you I want to do that. Let's do that. We'll go up to Chit Beer and have some beers. And all right. The boat back. Yeah. Uh, up there, there's a, there's a really cool uh, restaurant where you hang, dangle your feet over the river and eat yeah, noodles yeah, and yeah. Throw, uh, throw your meat into the river and the fish come up. There's also apparently an herbal sauna up there that my friend... Uh, <laughs> yeah let's go up to concrete how far how far is that ride like how long does it take to go up there it's about 35 kilometers um another oh, thing to consider is, uh, is is it 35 kilometers okay you know you could probably on a straightaway on a bicycle you could probably ride that in i don't know how long not too long at all but like taking 
maybe maybe less depending on how fit you are but how tight but, your clothes are yeah but taking these 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 routes that we do these smaller roads and these clong pathways and stuff like that it's not a fast ride so that 35 kilometers can take three four five hours depending on how slow you go yeah yeah okay cool well i mean should people you know think about renting a bike and just heading out on yeah, their own I'm like so you parachute in for a few days. Do you yeah, like, we know, like you know, download tracks? Grasshopper we're friends with, right? And, yeah. and even like Spice Roads. There's probably like a lot of good options. But how easy is it for someone to like rent a bike and, and explore a bit on their own? I got to say renting a bike uh, has become a bit more difficult in the past years in Bangkok. The only couple of places that I've known have moved their offices further out and made them harder to find. So I got to say, though, and, unless you're an experienced biker and know where you're going to rent a bike from, Taking one of the many options available for a day trip on a bicycle is probably your best bet because everything's covered. They give you the bicycle, they give you the helmet, they take care of the food and the transportation and the guides and stuff like that. And it's not and very expensive. And they know expensive. where to go. Yeah, and they know they know great routes. And I've been out with several of them. You know, uh, Van Kessel, uh, Spice Roads, Grasshopper, and all of them have these amazing routes mapped out. Um, so it's definitely definitely a great way to see Bangkok in a way that most people never do. And, um, you know, I, I would say that's probably your best bet if you're not really familiar with Bangkok and how biking here works. Right. Well, uh, I mean, you, you told us so much good information and, and I'm genuinely stoked on, on doing the Kokret trip. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you were saying you, you've encouraged a lot of people. I know my friend Noke uh, got into doing some biking because of you. And, and now that I have a bike, it's kind of too bad we haven't done a trip together. Um, so hopefully we'll get a chance to make do that happen. soon and, and make some memories. Yeah. But so <laughs> why, don't, why don't you tell us some of, uh, some of your more memorable experiences riding in the city? Uh, well, there's always, there's always, this never happened to me, you know, knock on wood, but, um, uh, a couple of times I've been riding along and I've heard behind me like, Oh, 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 splash, you know, and the guy behind you has taken a turn too sharply or something and has fallen into the clone water. That story. Happened yeah. to me once. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did it happen to you? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Right. I wasn't there. I wasn't there, but I do remember that happened. It's happened to several friends of mine. Thankfully not me, but, um, you know, uh, um, there are times we've been getting chased by dogs and there's times when we've gotten completely lost. Um, the, the great thing about riding in Bangkok too, is if you ever get too lost or too, uh, tired or just, you know, you're, <laughs> you just feel like, ah, I'm not feeling this ride. I'm, I'm giving up. Um, there's tuk-tuks all over the place and, uh, just hail one down. I carry a bungee cord with me on my bicycle. So I just, hail ah, it. Good equipment. you know, it costs a bit more than you normally pay, but I'll throw a guy a couple hundred baht if I can ride home in comfort and not have to worry about mm. getting home myself. Um, in fact, a funny story, a, a couple of weeks ago, um, I was out on a ride with some friends and we had decided to go a bit further than we originally planned. And I haven't been riding a lot lately because my wife and I had a baby uh, in the past year. So I was out of shape and these guys were pushing, you know, we're, by the time we got to the 60 kilometer mark, I was about done. So I called an Uber. <laughs> and, uh, and I said to my friends, you have the route. Okay. You guys continue on. Uh, I'm done. I'm, 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 I'm getting close to heat stroke. I'm out of shape. And I called Wait, it so Uber in Bangkok and take your bike too, I guess. Yeah. 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 I had to do a little bit of talking like, oh yeah, no problem. I can take the front wheel off and we put the back seats down and open the trunk and stuff. Wow. In and All right. See, you're spoiled for choice here. You can do just about anything. Really kind uh, of, yeah. I yeah, apologize so for the way I smelled, but uh, he didn't seem to mind. All right, so uh, you've been plotting all these routes. Uh, you got like a website where people can see every single route you've ever done, like and and learn everything else about you. 
Uh, no, sorry, I don't. Just my website is gregtodiffer.com. Uh, maybe I can send you guys an image of all the websites I've, or all the, all of the uh, bike rides I've done if you want to put it on the on the yeah. site that's up to you um i don't i don't have a website because i don't lead these rides um but uh like i said there's a lot of options for for really good trips in bangkok so yeah. just get online and search no. out a couple of those yeah and greg to differ uh we want to just give a plug for your app is uh if you're not into biking and you just want to walk around and see really cool yeah. stuff uh your greg to differ app uh i thought was great um oh the walking your, tour your, app uh, greg's bangkok can i give out your personal phone number for people who want to you know, go biking my, my, my address is uh, yeah. 70 <laughs> all right yeah. um yeah thanks a lot greg yeah it's awesome and you know what maybe if you are kind enough we'll get a post on the show notes for you screen captures or links to google map routes you've done and maybe to a, an actual route that you can share and then maybe some other sources so thanks so much greg for uh sharing with us today my pleasure thanks for having me on awesome well thank you for listening to talk travel asia we'll be back in just two weeks time with something else that we're going to cook up for you i so think it's going to be three nights in Phnom Penh. three is it yeah okay could be sure all right well thanks very much uh, this is scott saying goodbye uh this is trevor thanks for joining us again and uh we'll see you in two weeks Thanks for joining us on Talk Travel Asia. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. Hey Scott, do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall at Angkor Thom and 